Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is a show about relationships where we answer as many questions as we can that you call in and ask us. You can call us at 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812 and ask us any question about relationships that you wish. Now, to actually get into the queue so that we can talk to you, make sure that when you hear the answer, you press the number one. Otherwise, if you just call that number, you'll be listening to us. We're happy for you to do that. But if you'd like to interact with us and speak with us, then indeed press that number one. Now, you might be thinking, what do you mean us? We just see you, Dr. Beam. Well, right here with me, we have Kimberly Holmes, who is the CEO here at Marriage Helper, our organization. What kind of way was that? (laughs) Are you being super cool today? Is that what this is? I'm trying. I wish I was wearing my hat, you know, my all black hat with with the flat build rim. I feel I'm channeling my inner Avril Lavigne, which probably shows my age. But <laughs> well, it definitely shows mine because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's so fine. people out there would know even if I don't. Kimberly, <laughs> Kimberly Holmes here has her master's degree in psychology. She is our CEO. She actually runs this entire nonprofit organization. All the rest of us, including me, work for her. So we'd love to get to you today. Anything you would like to say before we get started? Well, so we're streaming today. We are live on Facebook and we're live on YouTube. What I would love for people to do if they're joining us on either platform is go ahead and chat in the comments and just chat where you're joining us from. We always love to see where all over the world people are joining us from. That's always super exciting. So comment there. Let us know. Our team will be taking a look at it and giving you shout outs back. You're right. And we do get calls from all over the world. We've mm-hmm. talked to people from Sweden. We've talked yeah. to people from Australia. Mm-hmm. And the workshops that we do every other weekend, starting here in Middle Tennessee, we've recently had people from Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia, as well as, of course, the United States of America. And mm-hmm. nearly every workshop, people from Canada. So it really is that people come from all over the world. Yeah, it really is. So let's get right to our first question here. And we're going to go, let me see if I can operate this machinery. We're going to go here to Maryland this time, here in the good old USA, and speak to Raj. Hi, Raj. Can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Hi, Dr. Beam. Uh, Hello, Kimberly. Hi, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Thank you for calling her Kimberly, because when people call her Kim, I have to deal with the wrath of that. So so thank you, my friend, for calling her Kimberly. (laughs) And how may we help you today? Uh, So uh, I've been married uh, 13 years uh, with my Mm -hmm. wife. We have uh, three kids. Um, Uh, due to uh, infidelity on my part, um, mm-hmm. I was asked uh, to move out of the house uh, in April, um, and so I stayed close by, um, interacted, kind of gave her some space. Um, right around May, uh, kind of on a lark, I uh, I moved back in because I thought that the, the the marriage was going sideways or the the separation was going sideways and. Mm-hmm. Um, just you kind of move back in to try to salvage what's left, um, mm-hmm. which kind of cascaded and led to a, a host of 
of problems and, and ultimately led to her filing uh, a divorce and in the first instance a, a protective order because she thought that I, you know, by moving back in that was kind of an aggressive action on my part. Um, hmm. That protective order ended up going away. There was, you know, that the, the judge dismissed it, but there was that action on her part to do that. So I'm living so separately now. So she's angry now. at you, is that what you're saying? That she's angry she's, with you? Right. Then? Yeah, she's angry okay. with me, right? Um, okay. And so we're we are uh, we're living separate now. Um, the kids are with her the whole time. Um, she's filed divorce proceedings, of course. Um, and uh, I I I see them. I interact with with her and the kids kind of on a daily basis. I see them in the morning. I come over in the evenings. Um, I'm mm-hmm. working on my pies to you know to keep conversations limited to. Just the kids. Um, there have been a, a few couple times where I've slipped up, but otherwise, you know, uh, where you talk when about you the say, relationship. But, when you say slipped up, what does that mean, Roger? Uh, it, it, well, so there was a time about a month ago where um, I was I was talking to her about a, a, a new job that I was looking at, and um, we had a good conversation about that. And um, and I told her, look, I'm really working on these issues, these trust issues that you had. But let me throw one fact in there is that um, initially when um, uh, she confronted me about the infidelity, I denied it. I denied it. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. and and I, I haven't fully told her the story because once she filed the divorce and the protective order, the lawyer said, you, you, yeah. you can't talk about this stuff. Right. So I haven't. I so that's. So it made her mad that you told her that you're working on being trustworthy, and that made her angry. Well, what it may, no, I think what happened is we had this good conversation. I was working on being trustworthy. I'm working on these issues, and we had a good conversation. And then a couple days later, um, we hung out, all five of us with the kids, and I think then she wanted me to leave. And I, I ended up getting a little upset by that, and I pushed, and I shouldn't have pushed, and that led to like an argument, uh, which it okay. shouldn't have. And I, you know, so that's. But that's what's going on. The, the only the, the only other point I would note is that we have a um, a custody. Well, I'm slowing down the process, but we have this hired this kind of custody evaluator to kind of figure out how our split should be between the kids. Mm-hmm. We haven't told the kids yet. We just told them that we're fighting and Daddy's living somewhere else. And so my I guess my question is, if I'm doing the pies, I'm slowing down this process as much as I can. But I one I haven't told her about. She doesn't know all the details about the infidelity, which I, I assume is important to build the trust, build reconciliation. Uh, and to maybe, before we tell the maybe. key, is there, I guess my only question is, is a letter an appropriate step in this process, or do I just let this process unfold and, you know, however long it takes and mm-hmm. just wait for what her to kind of come to me? In, uh, what would you want to put in a letter like that, Raj? I think what I would say is, um, you know, I would tell her that I've been really, again, as I said before, I'm really working hard, I, you know, on myself, and I apologize for this pain that I caused you. And I'm, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you know, mm-hmm. if you are so interested. And if you're not, you know, I understand that and I respect your decision. You know, I don't want to come off as kind of controlling to say, look, mm-hmm. before we tell the kids and we. You know, give up all hope. Let's give it one more shot. But I want to. And why would you want to put that in a letter? Why a letter? I, I, what, what I'm hearing from talking to other people is that, um, the the fact that I keep, uh, my mode of main mode of communication is 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 verbal with her, and if she mm-hmm. feels 
that I'm trapping her in conversations that she doesn't want to have or that she just doesn't believe me anymore because of all the lies generally, then mm -hmm. maybe a, a letter is a different form of communication that would get through to her and actually give her some time to process it and think about it and come back to it okay. two weeks later. That, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute or two. Kimberly, what would, I'm, I'm happy to give my opinion on this as well, but what would you think in terms of this letter? You know, uh, he, Raj, correct me if I'm incorrect on this. I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but are, so you are talking verbally, but you, did you say there was a, a protective order? The, she filed it, but the judge dismissed it. Oh, she okay, filed it, and it when I moved back in, cause she said, Oh my God, you moved back in without telling me and, and, and me no, agreeing to no it. order such as that right, right. now. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Well, you know, I don't necessarily see that there that let me put it this way there's pros and cons. Um the first one is it's you have to before you if you decide I'm going to give her the letter because I've tried other things before and maybe this just a different mode of communicating with her will be something a little more helpful. Awesome. I think that's a good reason, but if you are saying I'm going to do this and here's what I hope to come out of it, then I think you need to check your expectations. Um, if you're okay. hoping that the letter is going to bring about reconciliation, I don't think the, the letter is going to necessarily bring about that. It could bring about some pause on her side where she stops and thinks about some things. It could bring about anger. It could bring about a whole host of things that you may not be thinking about. Um, but as long as you are coming from it, it, as long as you understand that and aren't necessarily expecting some major turnaround from it, where your expectations then are going to be crushed, then I, I say go for it. Actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Go for it. <laughs> Everything Kimberly said is accurate. I don't disagree with anything that she said. But now that the fact that you know that when she gets angry, she does legal things, such as try to file for an order of protection, and you know that she's already talking about divorce, and I'm assuming that means that she has an attorney, mm -hmm. then I would strongly recommend against a letter. Here's why. If it does make her angry, like when you did before, it made her angry, she's going to turn around and hand it to her attorney. And if there's any phraseology, any, any way you phrased something in there in a way that the attorney can use against you, that's what they do. I mean, that's what attorneys are for. They are, they are hired gladiators. And so in the situation that you're describing, of course, you do what you think is best. And Kimberly did give you some good pros and cons. I don't disagree with those at all. But in your particular situation, I think what you may do is just hand more ammunition to a woman who's already upset with you. Understand that it's still relatively new. Remember, it's just like uh, uh, April, was it March, April, something like that, when you moved out? Is that what you said? April moved out, but she filed for divorce at the same time as the protective order in May. And, okay. um, you well, know, custody and everything. Mm -hmm. It is. still okay, relatively right. new, my friend. Because it's relatively new. If you're going to rebuild trust, one thing you have to have, and it's hard to do, but one thing you have to have is a degree of patience. And so um, my suggestion, you do what you think is best. And certainly, if your attorney says you should do something, listen to your attorney over me. I have no legal expertise whatsoever. But I would think it's going to be a matter of time here. And anything you do that appears to be a push, which a letter could potentially be, probably is not going to work in your favor. And so, again, we always say this. You've got to do what you think is best. You agree with that, Kimberly, right? People make their decisions. Mm -hmm. We don't make your decisions for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm suggesting in this case that 
keep doing the things that we teach. Apparently, you are familiar with that since you've referred to the pies. And even though you want things to reconcile, right now is the time just to let some healing take place. It doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to end. And understand that from our perspective, even if a divorce takes place, from our perspective, that doesn't scare us because we've seen so many couples work it out after the divorce. Now, I know it's scary to you, and I certainly don't want it to happen. I hope that it does not happen at all. But I would advise right here a great degree of patience is what I'm suggesting. Okay? Okay. Can I ask one one question on the pies? Um, uh, I, I've been working on, you know, like I said, I've been working on them, but but given that my infidelity was kind of, do you know, you wouldn't have been able to tell from the outside, right? Something that she kind of discovered. So I have this like duplicitous, mm-hmm. you know, in her mm-hmm. mind, a duplicitous nature. I agreed. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I was two-faced in this. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm not living there, I'm separated. We, we interact transactionally around the kids. How does, how does one from her end see that, you know, I'm improving as a person you know, how, how does how does she even think that, okay, this guy's changed the trust again? Because to me, I'm the same person that to her that I was six months ago before she all discovered it. She she doesn't know that I'm, I'm working. I mean, I tell her I'm working on this, but she doesn't really know all the things that I'm doing. She can't see it because we're not, right. you know, not living it's there. One those, it's one of those things, Raj, that if you try to make sure that she sees it, you're probably going to blow it. Because right. of the fact that it's going to come across as you trying to manipulate, control, whatever. So the, right. the power of the pies is that you, and we're going to explain, I'm going to get you to explain just a second what the pies are. But the power of the pies is that you follow them religiously, no matter how she reacts, because what you really want to happen here is more organic. It's that she finally does notice. And so if you try to push it, it's not going to work to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and very quickly, can we, uh, and I'm going to have to go to calls faster than this, but uh, very quickly, can you, for people who are new with us, explain what the pies are? Sure. So the pies are what we talk about at Marriage Helper as the four ways to be the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, physically looking the best that you can for your age and situation in life, intellectually being the kind of person who has, who someone is able to talk to, Um, emotionally making sure that you are evoking positive emotions in your spouse, spiritually having a beliefs and values that your spouse sees as being equal to or better than their own. So that's a quick rundown on it. You can actually go to our YouTube channel, watch some of our videos there and find out even more about the pies. But the question that Raj just asked is, super common of, well, if I'm working on my pies and my spouse isn't noticing or isn't living with me and is how are they going to see that happen? And what we always say when we talk about the pies is you do it for you mm-hmm. because it's something that you should do no matter what happens, no matter what externally is happening in your life. So you do the pies per- first and foremost for you. And when real change happens inside of someone, you don't have to tell people about it, people begin to see it. It exudes in all of the other types of interaction that you have with people. Um, so that, that is the answer, the short answer to that question. But again, if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, be sure to subscribe and mm-hmm. help us get to our 50,000th subscriber. We're really close to being there. It's going to be very exciting, but go ahead and subscribe there. Watch through our videos. We explain a lot of that in detail as well. Yes. And I think you actually do some of the videos about the pies there, explaining Mm -hmm. it more in detail. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go all the way over to the Philippines now to speak to Jess. Jess, can you hear us okay there in the Philippines? Uh, Yes. Hello. 
Hello. Yes. How may we help you today? Yes. Yeah. So um, I have a question. So I am married for six years, mm-hmm. and my husband is working overseas in another country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, two weeks ago, we had a fight, and he told me that he wanted to end the marriage. And okay. um, my question is, yeah, um, because I really wanted to fight for it and fight for our marriage. And my question is, how can I fight for our marriage on my own um, when we are in a long-distance relationship? Hmm. How long has he gone overseas for? Um, he's been working um, overseas for two years now, but he would uh, usually go back here in the Philippines every three months to visit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And do you have communication with him right now? And other, are you talking at all? Uh, yes, we are talking. But he's, okay, been, that... uh, he's been fixed uh, on his decision to end the marriage. What? Repeat the last part. Um, his is he's decided to end the marriage, so I don't know what to say to him or to to tell him to to give the marriage a chance. Right. Since he said that, are you still able to talk? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We have and a is that through also, texting so or email? Do I? Um, texting, yes, and video call. Okay. Well, the fact that you're still having some kind of communication is definitely a huge plus in this kind of situation, because when there's not that, it, it of course, makes it a lot more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any children together or anything like that? Yes, we have one, one son. We have a son. All right. Okay. And is how old is your son? Five years old. Okay, so does he, do they speak? Does your husband call to talk to the son? Does that kind of communication happen? Ah, uh, yes. He actually he told me why? that he will still support, support um, our son, so that's not an issue. But he just wanted to, um, he don't want to be committed to me at all because he said that he wanted to do other things in his life. He wanted to move forward, and he thinks that being committed to me um, will hinder him from doing those things. Hmm. Well, it's always a tough situation, without a doubt. And uh, have you ever talked to one of our client representatives here at our organization? By any chance, have you called to our offices? Um, no, but um, I just purchased the pies um, just earlier today. But I haven't the pies checked it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to recommend to you, and and forgive me, this this may sound like a commercial, but since you're really so new into this, Mm -hmm. what I would recommend, if you don't mind, is if you contact us, and you can do it by email if that's easier for you there in the Mm -hmm. Philippines, but contact us, and one of our client representatives will contact you back, and we have a program called Save My Marriage, and it's designed for the one spouse Mm -hmm. who wants to save the marriage when the other one doesn't. And I'll, I'll spread the word to all of our client representatives. We have quite a few of them that I've talked to you and that I want them to work with you in whatever way they need to to help you. But I'm going to recommend that rather than us trying to help, because there's so many different questions yeah. we'd have to ask, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. that you 
email us. One of our client representatives will email you back. We'll help you get on that online course. And in that online course, we'll be able to tell you step by step by step by step the things you need to do. Again, this course is designed for a marriage where the one person wants to save it and the other person does not. Mm -hmm. And that is specifically and particularly. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what email address would they, would she email to Kimberly? It would be the info at marriage helper. So I N F O like information at marriage helper.com. We'll be able to help you out or you can give us a call. If you have the ability to do that, then absolutely. You can call our toll free number at 866-903-0990. And so if you'll okay. contact us, we'll, we'll help you get into that. And, and that would be the next thing to do. And then maybe after that, after you get into that for a while, if you want to call back, we'll do what we can. But let's start there if you don't mind, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> well, the last thing that I would want just to hear is that there there is still hope. I know that in everyone's situation, it can be difficult to look at it on a day-to-day basis even, and say, how is there any hope left in this, especially if you consider my husband's overseas and he doesn't come home often, and there's a lot in that, but there's some good things happening there. There's some hopeful things happening there, and no matter what in the Save My Marriage course, our goal is, no matter what ends up happening in your marriage, we want you to come out being a better person who's able to handle whatever life throws at you better than when you entered the course. And so far with the thousands of people who have gone through the Save My Marriage course, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I apologize that I hit that button too fast. I'm sorry. Um, but if you'll contact us mm-hmm. at info at marriagehelper.com, I'm not sure if that toll free number works from other countries, does it? I don't know. I'm looking at Caroline. <laughs> Do you know Caroline? We're looking um, at our, because the other people in this room are smarter than we are. So we what does toll-free mean? I, wouldn't toll-free mean? It, it, I think it's country-specific. Oh, that's why. But anyway, contact us, and we'll be glad to help you there. And now we're going to go from the Philippines. We've been to Maryland and then to the Philippines. Now we're going to Germany. Hello. Ooh. I don't see – I'm not quite sure how to pronounce your name here. Is it? Matthias? Matthias. Matthias. And how may we help you today, Matthias? Yeah. Well – um, in short, the situation. Uh, I'm married 23 years. We have four mm-hmm. children, 12 to 18. Mm-hmm. We are both of Christian faith. And, uh, well, in um, about 2016, a woman was sent into our home to help our children with their diabetes. So mm-hmm. she visited us uh, very often. And uh, <clears throat> in the beginning of 2017, my wife started, uh, an, well, a too deep friendship with this woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out to be at least an emotional affair in the beginning. And, uh, well, in 2018, so about one year later, I found out that it was way more than that. Mm-hmm. And I confronted her about that. And she said she's sorry to have hurt me, but she refused to give up. She called it a friendship. I won't give up this friendship. Mm-hmm. And instead, she moved out in June 2018 and uh, left me and three of the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, first, she didn't take any kids with her, moved out to to a flat uh, in the neighborhood and uh, back and forth then on our property into an empty flat and then um, 
back again uh, in the neighborhood in her father's flat that was empty and now she has mm -hmm. taken a flat uh, about 800 meters away and uh, has okay. uh, one of our daughters there hmm. and uh, well I found out about your site about half a year ago or so and um, in the first half so basically uh, since uh, since um, uh, since uh, the mid mid 2018 till till uh, Christmas I was uh, doing everything wrong <laughs> <clears throat> so when my wife, wife mm -hmm. talked with me, I always brought up the subject uh, mm -hmm. of uh, of the affair and that I didn't like that. And we went to counseling, uh, to Christian counseling, and actually she went there three times and she was told by the counselor that what she's doing is not good and she didn't want to hear that. And mm -hmm. uh, she wanted to focus on me, uh, wanted her to focus on me, which we did one time. Uh, and then... Uh, well, that was that was okay for her, but then uh, when the counselor t again said, but also you have to change something, you have to leave mm -hmm. this woman, then uh, she was go got angry or cried and uh, went out of the room, and then she stopped counseling. Right, and so and, uh, she when, she first became involved, when she became first involved with this woman has been how long ago? Was it 2017? Yeah, in the beginning of 2017. So about I, I can, uh, I, about a year and a half so far, something like that. Yeah, well, two uh, let's say let's say in January 2017 they changed from uh, from the German Z uh, to a U, which is a, a step when you become friends, and uh, obviously <clears> that <throat> was very unprofessional of this woman because uh, well she okay. she's not supposed to destroy the family but to help. Right, I and, understand. Uh, and specifically, so maybe how, mid what, what's your for us? How may we help? Yeah. Well, since it has been going on for such a long time, and I have mm -hmm. I have not yet heard any definite definite thing from her uh, mm -hmm. in all the time. Of course, I'm very uh, <laughs> much tempted to um, to bring up the subject again. I brought it and up what would when you expect we, uh, to accomplish? We, you brought up the subject before, and when you brought up the subject before, she's always turned again away from you. So what makes you yeah. think you would accomplish something if you brought it up again? Um, well, I, I, of course, I, I will not bring it up in a way that, <laughs> that I will uh, grumble about it or anything. But mm -hmm. uh, obviously I, I would like to, to know well, how how long will, does she want to uh, to um, to think about it anymore? So basically, when we had mm -hmm. our anniversary in March this year, we talked about everything. So we all also talked about uh, well, what I asked, I just asked her, what do you want? What do you want to accomplish in the next mm -hmm. year? Or and then she said, well, if we if we come together, that will take a long time. And I okay. thought, so at least she left the possibility I mean, open. I mean, she left the door ajar that there is a possibility that you can get back together. Is that what I just heard? Yes. And no one, okay. none of us talked about divorce yet. Okay. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. In the situation that you're describing, we, the fact that she's involved with another person. Right now, we're going to leave gender out of it and just talk about that. The fact that she's involved with another person and has a deep emotional connection with this person. You said it first started as a friendship that went too deeply, and then it, and, and it progressed from there. The same kinds of things that you would do uh, 
if, if she were involved with the guy. It's the same kind of things that you would do if she's involved with a woman. And that is, remember that people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. So right now, I'm not saying that, it, that her being with the other woman is better, but at least in her mind, she sees it as being better. And what you have said to us is that she sees it as better to the point that if anybody tells her that she is wrong, that she uh, shouldn't be doing that, that she won't talk to them anymore. Now, that's telling you pretty clearly that logic is not going to be the answer here. Mm, Would you agree? Absolutely. Because what she's involved in is an emotional situation. Now, what we teach is that when you work on things like Kimberly talked about a couple of minutes ago called the pies, where you work on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and that's just stage one or phase one of what we call the love path. Then there's a phase two called acceptance, and there's actually four phases to this path. But the reason that you do those things is because when, when you have an extremely intense emotional relationship with a person outside of marriage, they tend to have a, a shelf life. What I mean by that is they tend to only last so long. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally do come to an end, what you want it to be is this. If the principle is that people don't leave what they have unless they're going to what they're going to is better, is that you want it to be that when that finally begins to fade, and in what you, about a year and a half now, is that what we're hearing mm-hmm. roughly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then when that finally does begin to fade, which might take a little while, that she sees you as being better with the other person. And that's why you don't try to talk her out of it because you've already, you're, you know, you've already told us that logic's not working with her. And so what you do then is you work on you to become the best you that you can be. Mm-hmm. And that's the system that we teach so that hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, when that finally does begin to erode, and it will, that, mm-hmm. that she then looks at you mm-hmm. and sees you as the best. What am I leaving out of that, Kimberly? What I should, should I, You know, I don't think you're leaving anything out, but some people might be listening to this, especially Matthias. I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. And he might be thinking, but you don't understand. I've been waiting a year and a half, like, you know, in, in his shoes and in the person's shoes that's in it. What we're saying is like, yeah, but here's everything else you need to understand onto why I need to do this differently or quicker or whatever that is. And we are not immune to what you are feeling and thinking in that moment. We understand that it's incredibly difficult to be patient during this process, to keep working on the pies, because some days it may feel like it's just monotonous. You're trudging along, you're trying to do everything, and there might not be any change. But the thing here to keep in mind is that not everything is going to change overnight or even in six months, unfortunately, or even maybe in a year or a couple of years, it's different for every single situation. And the fact that each situation is so different is why we teach 80% foundational principles. And then this extra 20% is much more of an art than a science. And that is the value of a great coach, having someone who is unbiased about the situation, who's able to ask you questions and help you think things through from a different point of view so that you can make the best decisions because you are having to deal with your emotions and your logic and the three kids you have at home in this situation and the one gone. I mean, there's just a lot going through and we Mm -hmm. can't give you in five minutes what you should do with that. And if we did, you shouldn't listen to it because we don't (laughs) understand it in that. So what we try to do in this program is teach those foundations. And of course we have coaches that are amazing that walk with you through the whole process for however many weeks or months or whatever it comes. And since they're coaches, they 
coach you. They ask you questions. They don't tell you what to do, but they ask you things and help you think things through and make the best decisions that you can for your situation and what you're going through and your vision and goal for what you have for your future. Okay, that's very good. And so now we're going back to the United States, and this time we're going over to Utah okay. and talking to Christy. Hi, Christy. How may we help you today? Hi. Um, I'm surprised I got through. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am just struggling with trying to figure out if I should um, talk, try to put a core. I, I'm not really sure how the cores and stops work specifically, but... I'm in a position where my husband's decided to just live with me and raise our children together but not have any emotional connection. He's just shut me completely out and has decided mm -hmm. that that's okay. He's okay with living that way. Um, I did have an affair mm -hmm. back in 2016. I've Since then, it was a five-month one, and I when when it came out, I wanted to work things out and I ever since have been trying really hard to reconnect and show remorse and earn his forgiveness. Um, mm -hmm. Right at the very start, he was willing to work with me. He did work with me for about a year in um, trying to reconcile and work through things, but he felt since then um, he has decided that he's, not going to and I don't really know why but it feels like the more time's gone on the less he trusts me and the more he distances, distances himself from me and I don't it's frustrating because I feel like I have been working on the pies and I've been doing everything possible to mm -hmm. show him you know and I've done all that I, d I don't tell him I try to show him my changes and um, I've made a ton of changes and I feel like even now uh, he, you know, we were even intimate up to about five months ago and then mm -hmm. he took that away too. And so we're in a position now where. Did anything else happen just, about five months ago? Anything, anything at all no, happened five or six months ago? So no, I, I, not that I can see all I've seen from him is just, I feel like he's just gotten more and more angry and maybe mm -hmm. more bitter towards the situation. Mm -hmm. And he's, I know he's triggered a lot by things that he feels. Um, but even my kids notice it. They, they, he's really hard to be around. He's very negative. Um, and mm -hmm. he makes snarky comments a lot. And I just as try really you know, hard not to. Is there anybody to, in his world that's feeding that? Um, I don't think so, but okay. I, there may be somebody in his work. There's a, a person he talks to at work a lot that has, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a similar situation, but he's divorced and, um, his wife has the same thing cheated on him, but she's been way, she's left him for many different reasons okay. anyway. So I know they talk a lot. And, mm -hmm. and, oh, I do know he read a book about being, um, being a chump and All feeling right. like, um, he's, he, so are you, are you going to continue to live like this? Are you going to continue to live I, in the I same don't, house with I, him? See, I don't want to. I, I 
feel like I'm doing that so that my kids can be okay. I have four mm-hmm. kids and two of them are gone now. They've just moved out to college, but my girls are still here and Mm-hmm. And I don't. I I, I'm in a place I'm, where I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do this much longer. I just feel like every time I've tried to talk to him, he will mm-hmm. shut me out. He'll say, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm not. It, let's talk about it later." Or, um, I don't. I, it's, and is it affecting I don't you want to physically or intellectually or emotionally, spiritually? Is it affecting you? Like, have you? Is your immune system still working well? Are you beginning to get sick? A yeah, lot? I, I'm a pretty strong person. Like mm-hmm. right, so I'm doing okay that way. Intellectually uh, yeah. or emotionally? Is it affecting you in those two ways? Emotionally, yes. Emotionally, okay. yes. I, I struggle. Okay. So, so are you finding yourself dealing with anxiety? Are you potentially finding yourself depressed? Those kinds of things? I feel anxious all the time. Um, okay. I try to do things to help with that that aren't to do with him. So I understand. Um, the reason I'm asking you those questions is this. Obviously, you have to make your decision about what you do with your life. I mean, that's your decision, certainly not ours. But sometimes when people say, okay, if, if I'm going to have to put my foot down about something, when do I do it? Well, one of the criteria yeah. we suggest people thinking about is if it's affecting you or your children negatively – in physical ways, intellectual ways, emotional ways, mm-hmm. or spiritual ways, where that is becoming detrimental, not just the fact that it hurts, but it's becoming detrimental, then it may well be a time you have to make a decision. Now, uh, there's a thing we talk about called cores, which is continuing our relationship essentials. If he doesn't really care about okay. continuing the relationship, right. then a core is not really going to work. Mm-mm. Then there's a thing we call a stop, and the stop says um, safeguards that offer protection. Now, the safeguards can offer okay. you protection emotionally, just like they can offer protection physically or spiritually or any other way. Mm-hmm. If you were to do mm-hmm. something like that, other people would typically call those boundaries. You'd have to think very carefully through, well, what is it that I want him to stop? Mm-hmm. Because what I'm hearing is what you really want him to do is to start doing something. You want him to start communicating with you. Or I guess mm-hmm. he, you did get one stop. The fact that he's being negative and being snarky, you can actually mm-hmm. set a stop about that. But understand yeah. that you can't make him forgive you. You can't make him be what you want him to yeah. be. The only person that you can control is you. And while I appreciate a great deal, the fact that you're caring about your children. I think that's an awesome, wonderful, good for you. Kudos in every sense of the word. If, if it's affecting you in such a way that it's going to wind up affecting the kids, or if it's already affecting the kids, sometimes you have to make a decision like, I can't live like this. Now, before you set a core or a stop, we'd recommend that you ask for a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to have a deep conversation. Okay. We need to sit down and talk. And in those things, you can start saying, I realize what I did was wrong, but I don't know what else I can do to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Don't keep yeah. beating okay. yourself up about that, because if you do, you'll keep him feeling those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So you don't keep beating yourself up about that. You don't keep telling him how sorry you are, mm-hmm. or you'll continue to feel okay. those negative emotions. If you have clearly made it known to him. I am very sorry. I really wish I hadn't done it. I, I've tried to atone. If you've already done that, then stop yeah. doing that because you're feeding that negativism. And mm-hmm. if you can look at okay. him and say, what I need from you is this for the sake of our children, the sake of us, will you forgive me? Can, can we move this on? Now I'm not making you forgive me because I know I can't, by the way, is by any chance your husband, a religious man? No. In fact, 
he um, left that about uh, five years ago and is okay. atheist now. <laughs> okay. Well, so. even atheist, even atheists need to understand the concept of forgiving. That you know yes. he can hang on to this and it can it can continue to damage him and damage you and damage the kids, or he can decide to forgive. Kimberly, what would you add to what I've said so far? I second it. I mean, yes, when she first started talking and said it happened in 2016 and that she's been it for she didn't say it exactly this way. You didn't say it this way, Christy. But, you know, basically you've been spending three years trying to get trying to show him that you are sorry and to do something to get him to forgive and be able to move past it. And you can't stay there. You can't live there. I mean, you for you need to forget, be able to forgive yourself and move on. And if you know, if you feel stuck in that, then of course, that's, I mean, that's a terrible, hard and terrible place to be. So I agree completely with Joe, starting with the conversation is the best way to do it because we want to start with the, um, the most, the least effect, what am I trying to say? The minimum effective <laughs> dose. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, start there, but if not, then you might have to have those harder decisions coming up of, well, what does that stop? And then what is the consequence of the stop? And that's its whole own conversation to be a part of. But I think that mentally you're on, you're on the right track and you, um, you know, you sound like a strong person you've endured a lot. And so, I think you can do this too. It's just going to take some making sure you do it the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and our hearts are with you. I hope that you can make that happen. Now we're going over to Texas and we're talking to Lynn. Hi, Lynn. How may we help you today? Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may we help you? So it's been about five months and um the affair that my husband has had is somewhat ended, and I say somewhat because there's not a whole lot of clarity. Um, but uh, the other night we tried to have a conversation about um, since they still have to work together where we are um, and moving forward. And we've had amazing sex um, the last few weeks. And to me, it was more of us emotionally bonding. But I think. The other night when I was trying to gain some more perspective of where he was at, I may have pushed a little hard, and he uh, went and shut down and just decided to tell me that it's only physical and there's nothing else there for him beyond that. Um, I've been standing and working to forgive um, and trying to move us along uh, for the sake of us and our children. who have been together 27 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm part of it is, is it just something he said that was mean because I pushed? Does he really mean that? And then I come into, there's some self-respect there for me. Um, and if I just make the decision and push him into another bedroom, because, um, to me, it's much more than just physical. Okay, I'm so, so, so sorry for your pain. And so are you telling me that he's still involved with her? I'm sorry? Okay, did I misunderstand, Kimberly? I think she said she believes it's over. Okay. So she believes the, is that correct, Lynn? That, that is my um, understanding. Okay, mm-hmm. and how long do you think it's been over? Um, not too long, the, on the 9th. Um, 
I ended up finding them in a location, and um, it was not a good outcome. Um, okay. That but day. you think it's but over, and he's, it's, he's living with you, and he's been making love to you. And you said the last two weeks has been really good. How good? I mean, how often have you been together? I, this sounds like a terrible question to ask. But how often were you together in the last two weeks? Um, almost every night, sometimes twice. Okay. And then when you started pushing, he said, it doesn't mean anything. It's just sex. Now, yeah. ask yourself this question. When you were involved in those lovemaking sessions with him, did he appear to be emotionally connected to you during those sessions? There were times that, yes, I believed he was, and then there were times that I could tell that he wasn't. Okay. And how long has it been since he was involved with the other person? Um, romantically, early July. Okay. So we're talking about just a little over a month that they've been apart. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? All right. Yeah. Okay, and, and Kimberly's a psychologist, so I want her to speak to this, but let me give you my view on this as a sexologist. The fact that you felt that he emotionally connected with you at times probably means that he did. Now, obviously, you could misread it. There's no doubt about that. But the fact that you're making love nearly every night, sometimes twice a night, could it be that it's just sex? Possible, but probably not. No. So you say, should I believe him? Obviously, we don't know your husband. Therefore, we can't tell you whether to believe him or not. But if you pushed him and he's feeling some degree of guilt. Now, stay with me because what I'm about to say is not going to sound good to you. But just hear the whole big picture. Sometimes when people end a relationship where they were emotionally connected to another person and now they're still with the spouse and trying to make things work with the spouse, sometimes their interactions with their spouse will make them feel guilty as if they were somehow cheating on the person they were cheating with. I know it doesn't make sense. I know you don't want to hear that. It's not pleasant to hear. But I'm trying to help you understand what might be going on emotionally. Because when a person ends a situation like that, quite often they go through what we would call mourning or a grief period. So the fact that he was connecting with you, could it mean that sometimes he it was only sexual because of the fact of his emotional or prior emotional connection with her? Yeah, it's possible. But the fact that he's making love to you that often And the fact that you felt that he really was emotionally connecting with you makes me think, and again, I don't know him, but makes me think that he's in a transition. And in this transition, what's occurring is the fact that he is connecting with you, but that causes him emotional turmoil because he's not not that far out of the relationship with the other woman. And so when, when you push him and he says, oh, it's just sex, I'm guessing that mostly had to do with the fact that he didn't want to face his own emotions, not necessarily designed to hurt you, not necessarily designed to hurt you, but not wanting to face his own emotions because he's in this emotional turmoil. Having left that and beginning to reconnect with you is a mm-hmm. confusing thing for him. And so in that sense, if, if I were a betting man, that's what I would bet. What are you thinking? Yeah, I I'm just taking a step back and thinking bigger picture. So I know that the sex is important, but bigger picture, he's, he's there. Is he willing to make things work or is he just trying to play a part? I mean, how are things going bigger picture? So there, he has stated that he was, that we were the choice that he wanted to make. And Mm -hmm. then, um, it kind of goes, he does it, he goes back and forth. 
where he mm-hmm. wants to work, and then maybe he just needs to be on his own. And he says that he struggles with that. And so, but for the most before, part, he's there. I would tell like him, he's there with you guys. There's part of him that wants to make it work, even if it isn't 100% of the time. So bigger picture, even though there are days that he might vacillate, he's, he's there. Right. And all the emotions you just described yeah. are very typical mm-hmm. emotions for a person that's coming out of an affair and trying to put the marriage back together. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that you guys are not unique because everybody is, but you just described almost always what we see when people go through these things. Yeah. And, and so what you're describing we would interpret as it sounds as if the guy's really trying to make an effort, right? But he's still emotionally confused and emotionally in turmoil, and probably some a sort of grief too. We have an older podcast that you should probably go and listen to called uh, "When You Lose." Dang it, what is it called? <laughs> it some, I don't know which one you're something to do about. with grief and loss. Caroline, do you remember the name of it? <laughs> anyway, go through our podcast. Um, and there, there are ones there because when someone does end an affair, even though it was not the relationship they were supposed to be in, there's still this sense of grief and loss. I think it's how do you, how to cope when you lose the one you love or something like that. And it goes through the, the thought process of what your husband may be going through right now. But I would step back and say, okay, I know he said this when I pushed him, but maybe that's not what I should focus on. There's bigger picture things to focus on. And instead of focusing on that one event, you know, going forward another few weeks, another couple of months, and then stepping back and reassessing then how are things going? Are things moving forward? Because right now, day to day, it's going to be different. Exactly. It just is. And it can be somewhat confusing. Mm-hmm. But but our opinion, mm-hmm. and again, this is an opinion, we don't know the man, is that what you're witnessing or experiencing right now is kind of par for the course. And if you can stay strong, mm-hmm. that it'll get better. Absolutely. And now we're moving to Alabama to a young lady by the name of Summer. Hi, Summer. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, trying to keep this as succinct as possible. Um, I Good. do just want to say up front <laughs> that my husband has recently kind of morphed our religious beliefs, and so he won't mm-hmm. allow me to seek any counseling or see a marriage counselor because he says that they don't understand and agree with what we believe. So I can't call any services I'm calling or what he believes? Well, it was what we both believed, and now he's sort of taking an offshoot to that, um, and he also controls all the finances, but that's just a side point at this point. If, if I may ask, um, and, and if you don't want to, don't if you don't want to answer this, don't. But if I may ask, what okay. religion are you part of? Um, he says Hebrew, so the easiest thing that most people understand is like kind of like Messianic Jewish, but we're not Jewish. We believe in Jesus. <laughs> Um, So basically like, you know, Jesus plus the Old Testament. So he's looking at everything in the Torah and um, the, the basics of, you know, what's been going on with us. We've been married eight and a half years. Back in 2016, he took a job out of town while I was in school and he had some affairs. Um, He kind of walked away from God and we reconciled and he got remarried in 2017 
Um, from what I understand, apparently that was the first legal marriage we had because he was still technically married to his first wife when we got married. Again, that's a whole other subject. There's been a mm-hmm. whole foundation of lies for our marriage. Um, but but so you say that he's kind of evolved in his beliefs. And so what, what is it now that he believes or that what's causing the problem you're calling about today? Sorry. Yes. Um, so he's been having an affair for the last two years, uh, sleeping with several women, but mainly having an affair with a woman that he dated in high school. He is the father of her 30-year-old son. Um, he feels an obligation to her because of what he feels is written in the Old Testament. Um, and he is now actively moving towards bringing her into our home in sort of a polygamy lifestyle um, saying that it's not a command of God, but it's not a sin, and if God doesn't condemn it, neither should I. And I guess I'm, I've been so brainwashed about his versions of everything that I'm in this place where I'm frozen. I really, really, I love him. I care for him so much, but I need to leave this situation. But I feel like he's slowly poisoned me over the last few years, not literally, just figuratively, to the point where I'm so afraid to leave because I'm so afraid that I'm going to go to hell for disobeying my husband or that I can never get remarried because that man would have been committing adultery. And Mm. I just, I've lost any oomph to leave and I really need help. I know you you help marriages, but he's... Mm absolutely certain that this woman is his obligation. She bows before him and calls him master like he wants to. I don't do that because I have a problem with that. Um, But he believes it's his obligation to still care for me. He doesn't feel he's allowed biblically to kick me out. So So basically he controls the finances earlier. (laughs) You said he controls the finances. Yeah. That's what you said earlier. And yeah. now you're basically telling us that he controls you. Not just controls what you do, but he does the best control what you think, mm-hmm. which, what you believe, mm-hmm. that he really tries to have you under his yes. spell. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that correct? And I've been if labeled as ask, very disobedient and rebellious. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I may ask, and, and, for, and if you don't want to answer, don't. But how old are you? I just turned 40 last week. <laughs> Okay, so you're you're a relatively young woman, and I'm assuming that he's older than you are based on what you described. Yes, he's 51. <laughs> okay. Now, can you survive on your own? Do you have that ability? It would be difficult at first. I do have some friends and family who have offered to take me in, but I'm mm-hmm. so scared to leave like I I get mad when I find something out and I text them and call them and say this is it I'm finally going to do it and then I look at the time and it's like oh it's time to make supper or something is your fear not having him or is your fear that you're making God mad it's both because I mean I, I do love him so so much we have so much fun together even just you know Today, I I stuff all the pain way down, and I pretend like it's not happening, and I know that's bad, but I I so want to keep the the peace. Don't rock the boat. Just let this go on as long as possible, and 
I keep setting like um, mental hurdles for myself saying, well, if it gets to this point, then that mm-hmm. is the but, end but and I can't take it anymore. And it's, it's like past that proven point and I that just can't go. You right. keep proving that you are going to take it, that you're going to let him do whatever he's doing. And he's but not going to change. And he's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And so, Juan, you keep setting these things further out, like, okay, I, if it gets here, it's going to happen, and then mm-hmm. and then you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets out here, and then you don't do it. it. It really boils down to this. Now, I'm obviously not God's chosen one. Apparently, our president is, based on what he said on television the other day. I am not God's chosen one. And was, forgive the political comment. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, can I am not God's chosen one. But you know what? I do have a bachelor's degree. My undergraduate degree actually is in Bible. And believe it or not, a few years ago at a university there in Alabama, where you live, there's one in Montgomery called Faulkner University. And, and several years ago, I actually taught as adjunct Bible faculty. And, and I taught. Old Testament is what mm-hmm. I taught. And right. so therefore, um, it's not like I'm a person that has no knowledge of the Old Testament mm-hmm. or no knowledge of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting myself up as the expert. I'm really not. But I'm telling you that based on my understanding of the scripture, you have every right in the world to leave. And when any human being has that kind of control over you, mm-hmm. any human being has control where they can control what you think, mm-hmm. what you feel, what you do, and that you're afraid to be without him, then that's not healthy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even God doesn't exercise that control over us. God tells us it's your choice. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. But I'm leaving it up to you to choose to you to decide. Now, if even God does that, then how can you live in a marriage where anybody, husband, wife, either one is telling the other, you have to do this, have to do this, have to do this. And if he's threatening you with the threat of it, if you don't do this, you're disobedient. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. As far as my understanding, and I don't know your husband, and we're only we're only hearing your side, mm-hmm. but based on what you just said, that's pure control and manipulation. Mm-hmm. That is not based on Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's not the kind of teaching that Jesus talked about, where he said, if you're married to one and even lust after another, you've committed adultery. Here's a man that's actually doing those things. And so we will not tell you what to do. It's always your choice. But my suggestion is try it. Now, again, your choice. But you said you've got friends that will take you in, people that will help take care of you. And if you can get away from this man for three months, six months, nine months, and begin to discover again who you are, that's the healthiest thing you can do for you. Now, I would hope that he would come around. We're all for saving marriages. But personally, I'm not going to try to help save a marriage where one person is dominating the other mm-hmm. and destroying the other person. Mm-hmm. And you already are having this because you're saying you're having to suck down the pain. He's destroying you already, or at least these actions, I should say, are destroying you already. And I to bring another woman into your home where mm-hmm. you already have these self-doubts. That's going to be, in my estimation, exceptionally destructive to you. And therefore, while it's your choice, I urge you to do whatever it takes for you to stand up on your own and not let this man dominate and control you this way. Now, it's your opinion. I mean, you have to decide what you think is best. And again, we're just going from what you said. I don't know the man. I don't know the situation. Am I overreacting to this, do you think? No, I would say you're underreacting, but no, not at all. I mean, my encouragement in this situation is from just what she said, Joe, I mean, we, I could go into this. It just 
sparked so much in me. Like I love the Torah just as much as the next person. I love the Old Testament. You can't separate it from Jesus. And so it's like, it's all there. Read it for yourself. Like I just encourage you, your beliefs do not have to be his beliefs. The Bible is open and ready and available for you to go in and see exactly what the spirit would put into your heart. And my prayer for you is that you would not act out of a spirit of fear, but that God would put his spirit in you to be able to make the best choice for you, for your future, for your family, for what he has in store for your future. And I don't believe it's something where, where someone's going to control you and tell you what to do and, and dominate you. That's not God's heart. I can't see how anybody mm-hmm. would think it is. Mm-hmm. No, let me apologize again for the poor political joke. I am not anti-Trump. <laughs> not. Oh it's just the other day. <laughs> it's just the other day he referred to himself as the chosen one. I thought that was kind of funny, and so I made a joke about it. I am not taking either side politically here. The we are Switzerland I'm... right here. <laughs> only, personally, I have a side. But when it comes to what we do in helping marriages, I don't have a political side. You understand? All we care about is helping people save their marriages if they possibly can. So whether you're pro or against whatever out there politically, it was just a poor joke. I'm not trying to make a condemnation judgment on anybody there. We work for marriages. I think everyone could laugh at that, though. I hope so. I thought it was (laughs) Sometimes the things I think are funny. Other people just don't find humor at all because I touch nerves. I don't mean to touch. Don't find us funny. Well, thank you for being with us. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash marriage helper. Yes. And before we go, next Monday is Labor Day. So we won't be here, but we are going to be doing this show next Tuesday. So be sure to mark your calendars for that. We'll be here Tuesday at 1230 Central Time. Enjoy your Labor Day off next week. Do something laborious. Do something what? Laborious. <laughs> Laborious. Did I make that word up too? There was a word earlier I said, salving. I think I made it up. You guys have fun. We'll see you next Tuesday.